What's up everybody, Austin here, and welcome to another episode of Off the Cuff. Today I'm excited to introduce one of my very good friends, Frank, and uh, Frank Cardamon. And he is a local photographer in my world. Um, he's lived in many different places. He uh, was in the military. He's, he's got a travel bug. He, he, he's a, he says he classifies himself as a lifestyle photographer. And we talk about this, we talk about that. We talk about video, we talk about photo, we talk about music. We talk about just all sorts of things. We talk about the differences and, you know, a lot of people think a lot, one of the things that video and photographer, videographers and photographers hear often is people th- say, oh, you do video. Will you, can you do photo as well for my wedding or my birthday party or my business, whatever the case is. And that's probably one of the greatest misconceptions in, in this space because there's so many differences. There's different technology, different techniques, um, different tools. And uh, we talk about that. That's kind of an interesting topic, I think, that, uh, that we hit. And uh, just a little bit of the ins and outs and behind the scenes and the thought process that goes into both video, but uh, primarily photo, since Frank is the photographer and he's the guest. I really, uh, really enjoyed talking with Frank and uh, super glad he was uh, willing to come on the show and we had a really good time. So without further ado, Frank. Man, so I gotta say, Frank, you picked a r- really nice place, mighty fine place for us to meet today. Where are we at? We are at Ridge Ferry Park Amphitheater here in Rome, Georgia. And uh, this is a pretty cool spot, especially if you're here for a concert. I've never been here for a concert, but I've driven by here numerous times since I moved to Rome. Um, the reason why I picked this spot, though, is it's kind of significant in a way and kind of not. Um, my oldest son had one of his first concerts here, one of his first performances, and I wasn't able to be a part of that. And so it's kind of like connecting that dot. Like he was here at his time for for his big event, and now I'm here just kind of like envisioning it, thinking if I was there, and uh, just thought it would be a cool spot. Beautiful, cloudy slash sunny day today. Glad the rain held off. Well, and earlier, I mean, it was, it, I was working out of the house today. It was just pouring for about 45 minutes. So I'm, and then we were actually supposed to be under the awning, yeah. under the stage, the the ceiling of the stage. And turns out that we didn't expect it, but the whole thing's gated off. So yeah. we, we had to, we were actually not quite sitting on the stage, unfortunately, but that's pretty funny. But yeah, so, and you know, I've lived in Rome my whole life, barring eight years of it. Um, but it's always been my home, basically, and I've never really been to this particular spot either. So that's very oh, wow. interesting. So, yeah, the park that's just adjacent to it. I used to take my youngest son here on Sundays and just let him play in the park until you know he got older and kids grow out of that phase. But mm-hmm. yeah, and then they go back into it because I walk past it. I'm like, I want to go play in the park. <laughs> so, exactly. You know, but uh, well, very cool, man. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show and. I wanted to touch on a little bit about how we met and how we've effectively only known each other for three weeks at this point, approximately. And, you know, and that's just, just, we were actually at a meeting last night and we were meeting with these bunch of these uh, college students because I've started this sort of mentorship network with my business. And um, they probably thought the way we were talking, they probably thought we'd known each other for three years, four years. And they're like, yeah, we've only known each other for three weeks. (laughs) And they just all like, whoa, whoa. Because, I mean, we've already connected in such a way that's pretty, you know, I feel like we're kind of kindred spirits in a lot of ways because we have in a lot of similarities in our past. And, you know, we've kind of, uh, and then you're obviously, which one I've got, main reason I have you on the show is because, you know, we met at an event, you were doing photography, and I was doing video. Yeah. Um, so, and then you just took a, you literally snapped a couple pictures and just walked over and said, hey, check this out. And I was like, my mouth was, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Send these to me. I'm buying your lunch. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we, we were shooting the, um, the Firefly Fling on a Friday night. I know it was Say, Friday's Firefly Fling. Firefly Fling on a Friday night it in was, Rome, Georgia. Um, it was for the Rome RACA. What does that stand for? Rome? Rome Area Council of the Arts. Yeah. And so my type of photography, I, I love doing documentary type photography where you actually tell a story through the photos that you take. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you were part of that story that night. You know, you were there to do a, a, a specific role and job. And so you were part of that evening. And so to make sure that I completely captured the evening, I took pictures of that. And when I looked at them, I was like, wow, that looks really good. So I went over and showed you. And. Most of the time, the videographers are very standoffish or 
sort of like a competition like oh i'm better than you because you're a photographer and i'm a videographer but you weren't that way and it was awesome because like like you said we immediately clicked yeah so that was pretty cool yeah and i know and that's a lot of videographers get that 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 reputation and i just have always been a team player just in the community in my art and i just find that there's so much more impact and power and potential for all of us if we all band, uh, band together and you know, it's just, I've, I mean, in my walk, that's what I've found to be the most personally and professionally rewarding. You know, yeah. you can see that in the people's work, too. Whoever, like, they call them gate gatekeepers, right? Um, you can gatekeep in videography, photography. You can gatekeep in any industry or profession. But specifically, you can see that the type of person in the work that they do. If they are a gatekeeper, you can usually tell that by looking at the work. It's not always bad. It's either really good or really bad very 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 <laughs> seldom in between you know so gatekeeping can keep you from learning new things uh making relationships with people that can enhance your career um it, it keeps you from a lot of things but it also can make you really really good at editing really really good at photography or videography but then you lack that interpersonal aspect of developing the relationships and i think it's important that you have that complete picture where you have the skill you have the knowledge but you also have the ability to have the people skills to build and, and foster good relationships with other people in the industry. Absolutely. And then I think you even mentioned it, but there's that Bible verse, you know, iron sharpens iron. Yeah. And I just, to me, that's it. I mean, it's like if you bottle, I mean, you just can't, you'll never succeed if you just sit in your mom's basement all day, all your, your whole life, bottling all these quote unquote secrets up and you don't want to get out there because you're afraid someone's going to steal your secret recipe or something. And I'm just, I mean, I have things that I've developed that I'm, that I, you know, Keep, keep I guess, somewhat chest. sacred, but yeah. I mean, I mean, they're just most of it's just logistics and how what works best for me probably wouldn't work for you, probably wouldn't work for other people. It's just, you know, so much of it is just understanding yourself and what works well for you. Um, so I don't know, I've just never felt like that. I've never, and I'll, at the end of the day, I mean, it's like when you go to your barber versus another barber, they're, you know, they have different personalities and they have different special, uh, specialities so it's like not one's better than the other one necessarily it's just people have different flavors it's like you know so i think people should have the choice of have to, you know between different photographers different videographers for to let style be the true you know driving factor in, in people and who chooses who right um but then and we all should have different styles yeah and there's many ways to slice a cake right i mean oh yeah the way you edit could be completely different than the way someone else edits but you both could get the same result by doing it different ways absolutely so that's part of the that's part of the learning process too when you develop that relationship and you are okay with sharing knowledge and industry trade secrets you can say oh well i didn't know you could do the same thing doing it that way here's how i did it and then they're like oh wow i didn't know you could do it that way either but boom you both learned something new mm -hmm. and you're both better off for it so yeah and actually one of my best friends got married um, or one of my best friend's sisters, who she's also a very good friend, but um, she got married, and I had I'm in a networking group, and I asked one of my photographers, or the photographer in the group, come out and shadow me, and or come out and actually shoot a video. So he came out, get a completely different operation. He had his own equipment, his own drone. We were just two completely separate video operations happening simultaneously. It was pretty wild, <laughs> and he delivered her a completely different. I mean, a one. 180 degree direction in um but she loved both of them yeah you know and one was not right one was not wrong it was just you know completely different styles different storytelling methodologies and she loved both of them yeah. you know and that's just a, the beautiful thing and what a, and it was just a excellent memory excellent experience for me and and as him as well so um, so I'm, you know, and I could sense that in you as well too, that, you know, you, you approached me, which was a lot of photographers don't do that for the same reasons. It's like, oh, I'm intimidated by this person because I assume they're going to be standoffish or, um, you know, I have that, you, or not necessarily me, but I know that's something that some people deal with. I mean, I, I, I could tell you what, I'm just, I'm the type of person I am who I am, no matter whom around and how you are towards me doesn't change how I am towards you. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think the other aspect of it is, too, I'm, I'm confident in who I am as a photographer. You know, I'm at the age now where <laughs> I don't care what people think about me anymore. I spent years of my life in that jail cell trying to impress people, trying to prove myself. And now it's just like, I don't have anything to prove. 
You know, I do this for me. I do it because I enjoy it. It's a passion of mine. Whether people like it or not, that's that's besides the fact. Absolutely. And that's when people start to be a truly attracted to you and, you know, from a friendship standpoint, really any standpoint, but like when you use yourself unapologetically you, that's when, that's when the world opens up. Right. You know, I truly believe that. And I kind of, which we could go real deep into like childhood stuff and coming of age and all that, but I've got a, I can relate to that super, super heavily. Right. But, um, we won't, we don't necessarily need to go down that trail today, but, um, <laughs> so obviously the reason I wanted to have you on, cause you know, we, you know, we met at the Firefly Fling, if I can say that right. Um, we, I said, let's grab lunch. I'd love to, you know, definitely let me get your lunch for doing these two amazing photos. They're on my Instagram. If you go to the Hindlight Media Instagram and you scroll down a little ways, it might be still at the very top or close to it. Two pay, um, just amazing photos Frank took of me, and I just was really blown away. They were just amazing photos, made me look great, made the business look great. And then I just immediately posted them, but I was like, we got to get these out there. So thank you again for taking those two yeah, pictures man. and putting them together. And, um, and we met for lunch and, you know, we didn't really have any, anytime I meet with somebody, I never have an agenda. I mean, I just genuinely like to get to know people and, you know, and uh, just see how I can help them. And um, especially when we are in the same sort of not but not exactly the same industry, but we're in the, well, I guess we're in the same industry, but just two yeah. different arms of the same industry. Yeah, exactly. Two um, specialties. And, and oftentimes we can, like, I get the question all the time, do you do photography as well? And I'm like, no, because photography and video are just, they're completely different. And yeah. I know we talked about that. And that's, I will definitely wanted to touch on that because that's a ma major misunderstanding or or that pete the general public has that conception yeah yes that if you do one you do the other and the fact that, and then they don't understand why so why would you say that what would you say is the reason for that well there's multiple reasons the first and biggest one i think is is obviously different equipment i mean the equipment that you use for videography is completely different other than the fact it's a camera it's a camera that's designed specifically for videography versus a camera that's specifically designed to capture still images. So the equipment is completely different. Techniques are different as well. You know, you're dealing with stationary still photos versus uh, uh, an interface that captures motion and emotion. And so the technique that you use is completely different on how you deploy those applications. Um, I think the other concept is is people just think oh well if you can take a picture you can take video as well and vice versa and that's just not the case there's a lot of behind the scenes knowledge and experience and practice that goes into being a good videographer and a good photographer the techniques are different the the rule of thirds are different how you capture uh emotion and impact and technique and compositions completely different in both of those realms well, and to the listener, so composition, we're going to probably use that term. Composition just basically means if you take a picture of a tree, where is the, where is the tree? Is right. it in the middle of your photograph? Is it to the left of your photograph? Is it to the right? Is there more sky? Is there more ground? Yep. That's composition. It's like if you take a picture of a person and they're looking, if they're looking to their right, is there more room in front of their face or behind their face? So it's like things like that that determine what's composition. And in the, in the video and film world, that's just... The positioning of objects in the image, yep. more or less, to put it in kind of layman's terms. And to get more complex, you could start to add in the factors of contrast, shadows, lighting. Those yes. all play into your composition as well. Oh, yes. All that. Yes. All of that. And then um, I tell people, too, like it's a, and you kind of touched on it, but more explicitly, it's it's being able to, the mindset of telling a story in, in a sequence of events, a, a sequence of images versus trying to capture and tell a story in a single snapshot. Right, yeah. You know, it's completely, two completely different forms of storytelling. Um, and some of the best photography, in my opinion, the best photography is, is photography that tells a story. And I know you just mentioned it earlier about, you know, it was a, you're a documentary, you prefer documentary style or more, I call it, um, sometimes you'll hear it referred to as candid. Yeah. You know, more, it's like, it's not posing, it's not like, um, you know, in portrait. It's yes, it's very candid in the moment. You're capturing someone, you know, maybe you're capturing a couple of people and having a conversation, and one just bursts out in laughter for whatever reason. You capture that moment. That's right. that's sort of candid. It's documentary style, telling the story of an event in a single image. Um, and of course, you can put slideshows together and stuff like that for with you know to add that you know to sequence 
photographs into a video form. So they, the two art forms can merge. Right, absolutely. Um, which they I love. They can be very complementary, and that's why oftentimes you'll see at weddings there's a photographer and a videographer, because they want to capture both realms. They want to capture both of those aspects, the, the still, the candid, but also be able to look back on their day and see a, a video that can take them back and put them in that place and time as well. Well, and not to mention with video, you have audio. Yes. You know, that's the one thing that just does not exist in photography um, is the audio side of things, um, which you, you, you get that. And then and that knowledge and that's equipment and knowledge that photographers don't even need to think about. Right. Um, but it's but for your from a video standpoint, for your talk to your point with weddings, you do get a lot um, like it's just I see I capture things that the video that the photographer doesn't and they capture things that that I don't. Right. You know. Um, like I have to get a lot of like I have to think about time of day shifts, you know, as as we go into evening, as we go into night, if there's if there's sunset, you know, I've got to capture moments like that. So that way I can communicate to the viewer when they're watching the finished film. Oh, we're we're transitioning from time of day or time has passed versus photography. It's just you're capturing the individual moments. You don't have to be so focused on the environment right. as it were. Yep. Um, so I would say those are definitely the biggest things, and you could, we could go on and on about the differences, but those are the main things that most people, I tell people pretty much, but um, understanding, you know, optics is one thing that, that, that does overlap, and we understand how, you know, to control, um, like, focusing in different lenses and, you know... Aperture, shutter speed, all Yeah, how to control, how to make the background blurry versus sharp. Right. You know, stuff like that, you know, so there is a lot of, we can talk shop still quite quite a bit oh, but yeah. um but so i love that's definitely something i wanted to touch on another thing i want to talk on talk about really just is like what are how did you get into photography and i know like you said you've lived in all sorts of different places and you've got clients in different parts yeah. of the country which i which i do too but not nearly as spread out as you do yeah it's quite a story i mean we could we could sit on this for a little while but it goes back to probably what was it 2002 yeah 2002 i moved out to washington state i lived just south of seattle okay uh, in a town called federal way and it's cl actually closer than closer to tacoma than seattle but i moved out there um because of a divorce actually um so i went through a divorce and um the economy was tanking by the time i went through the marriage and the divorce it was 2006 so i moved out there actually in 2007 i'm sorry i misspoke uh 2007 i moved out there and uh, it was just gorgeous. If, if you've ever been to the Pacific Northwest, Oregon, uh, just beautiful out there. And Not so, yet. I'm yeah. going next year, though. Oh, you're going to bring a camera. <laughs> oh, I will. I will. Um, but I moved out there, and it was just beauty everywhere you looked. Mountain ranges upon mountain ranges, hiking. Just the weather was perfect. And so I wanted to capture this. I had always been involved in taking pictures. I grew up in a family where we always, my mom always had a camera, taking pictures of everything, birthdays, family get-togethers, whatever. And as I got older, she was like, here, take some pictures. And she'd give me the camera, and I'd go take pictures. So I was always involved in taking pictures. But when I moved to Seattle and I saw how beautiful it was, I was like, I have to capture this so that I can share it with everybody else. That was my main drive, is capture this and share it so that people can enjoy what this is, the enjoyment that this is bringing me. And so that's when I really got into photography. And photography for me was really a therapy. You know, anytime you go through a divorce, there's obviously, you know, the five stages of grief that you go through, the, the depression, the sadness, the loneliness. <clears throat> and for me, it was a coping mechanism to get out into nature and to see the bigger picture. <laughs> pun intended, right? See the bigger picture. There you go. I love it. I love um, a good pun. And so for me, photography, that's how I got into it. The beauty of the Pacific Northwest uh, and the just the need to get out and see a bigger picture dealing with the divorce that I had gone through. Yeah, man. And so, yeah, that's in and, and photography. That's, it is really, and a lot of people, when they go on their sort of photo, I call them photo ventures. It's kind of where you go out in the wilderness in many cases and just be by, it's almost a form of meditation. Oh, yeah. You know, it's therapy. Yeah, to just be one with nature, or even if even if you're in the middle of like a crowd or even a city, you're still kind of you feel because you're behind the camera. There's that barrier where you're just almost um, you're almost amongst yourself, even amongst others. You're you know sort of by yourself, but you're capturing this beautiful um, moment or a series of moments or landscape, 
uh, order nature um, and it's just I, I have found that to be sometimes I'll just take a camera and just go downtown and just in my case video but I'll get video clips of different things and I actually sell I actually sell footage online um, so I try to I try to capitalize on everything right, yeah. I can you know so like if I try you know if I go to different parts of the country I, I try to you know take pictures and stuff or not or so not pictures but video and I'll put them online and you know so I try to make money on it if I can but not always but anyway kind of a little bit of a digression there I suppose <laughs> but uh, but um, but you know so it is a really great meditative practice yeah. and I think too as you're going through it and you learn it and you start getting more familiar with it the techniques you start learning more and applying more of what you learn it becomes and, and for me specifically I'm speaking for me here for me it was an opportunity where Everything in my life was falling apart around me and it was out of my control. The photography was something I actually could control. And what you said, like being behind the camera, that really put me in a position to control what I was capturing and what I was able to do with those pictures that I was capturing in post-processing and editing and stuff like that. I could see the vision in my head before I even took the photo. I saw the end product after I finished editing it before I even took the photo. And for me, that gave me a sense of calm because... I was in control. Yep. When everything else around me was falling apart, that was one thing that I could control. You had your little world that you could sort of create and build, and yeah, I love that. And in fact, that's—I was actually just talking to somebody yesterday about um, some tips and like you know, with my mentorship network, is like talking with a guy about editing and stuff. And I, I said, you know, the main thing I think we could start by focusing on the end result rather than getting so caught up in the minutia of what buttons to push in the software, you know, what, where to buy my transitions or to, you know, how to do X, Y, Z. It's like, give me some thoughts on like, if when you see this footage for this event or whatever the case may be, try to imagine that end result right. and, and, and picture that and then figure out how to get to there. That's exactly right. I think that right there is an ability that really it can be taught but sometimes it's just innate in certain people. Mm -hmm. And those people seem to have an edge in the industry because they are more creative. They have that visionary approach to their work. <clears throat> and I think that gives them a head start. Because if, if I'm going out on a shoot and I can actually see a photo edited in my head before it's even taken, I already know what photo I want to get. Whereas some people show up to a shoot and they're like, okay, what am I going to do? Well, I've showed up and I've already known what I'm going to do and I'm already halfway there. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that ability is, is, is something that's innate, I think. And that's actually my company named Hindlight Media. That's literally the whole, that's what the meaning behind that is, having the vision behind the light. Yeah. And light being our medium, we capture light. Without light, we, I would be producing a radio show. Yeah. Which literally, well, ironically, right now we effectively are producing a radio show, but like that's Hindlight Media. That's like we have the vision behind what you see. We're sort of the puppet masters and wielding this this mystical thing called light that enters your eyes and creates emotion. Um, so it's kind of it's funny you say that because literally what the company name basically means. Yeah, you know, having that vision. So. Um, now, where all have you lived? I mean, and then oh, I, goodness. so I, we could talk about that briefly, <laughs> and then I definitely want to get to your music. And I know, oh yeah, you you have a, a you know fairly substantial passion and talent for music as well. Yeah. So, where have I lived? I have lived um, East Coast, Central and West Coast, South and North. Oh my god, I've been all over. Um, traveled a lot with the military. Okay. I yep. was in the army for eight years. Um, I've lived, I was born and raised in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, and then after that I was in Seattle. I lived in Illinois for 10 years, um, lived here in Georgia for four years now. Uh, but through those stents of living in those areas for a number of years each, I've traveled a lot. And so I'll, I won't live necessarily in California, but I'll go and travel there, stay there for a while. I'll go to Tennessee. My brothers lived in Tennessee. I'd go to Tennessee a lot to see them. Um, Ohio. I mean, I've been everywhere. And through those time periods, some of them were for work. Some of them were for photo shoots. Some of them were just for pleasure where I will literally, <laughs> this is funny, about a year ago, I woke up one morning, said, I want to go to Driftwood Beach, which is on Jekyll Island in Georgia on the coast. And I said, I've never been there yet. There's awesome photo ops. I woke up at six o'clock in the morning on a Saturday drove six and a half hours to get there, took a photo of the sunset, got my truck, drove back home, got home at three in the morning. Yeah. 
That, that is typical <laughs> what I would do. Just hey, there you go. Spur the moment, get in the truck, go take a picture somewhere. And I actually did that one time, and I mentioned this, I alluded to this briefly in a previous episode, but I did a similar thing for some squirrels at Niagara Falls. <laughs> I squirrels did, at Niagara Falls? Yes, and I might as well go, because I teased it in a couple episodes back, but I'll talk about it. So I was up in Ohio visiting some family at the time, and we had went to Niagara Falls, because it was might have been, I think it was a three-hour drive from where we were staying. Right. We get there, and I had a GoPro with me. Actually, literally, just not this one, but just I have this exact setup. I'm holding my my uh, GoPro on a on a basically a very advanced selfie stick, more or less. <laughs> and there were a bunch of these squirrels there, and they were just so tame, and they would just come up to you. I mean, people just have been probably feeding them peanuts for decades. You know, I yep. mean, it's just in their DNA. They know that we're safe here. We're going to get fed. This and is the Canada side, right? No, I was actually, oh, was at, at the time, side? I was not able to go. They was closed, or I didn't have my passport with me or something. Okay. I don't know. We were on the, the Buffalo, yeah, New York side. New York side. And then there were all these squirrels, and they just started coming up to us. And I had my camera, and I was just just delighted by this. And they would, one of them actually came up, grabbed the GoPro, and, like, <laughs> put its face into the lens. And... They were, I mean, they would eat out of your hand. And I just love squirrels to begin with. And I'm like, this is, I've never experienced anything like this. Get in the car to head back home. And I look at the, the to go look at the footage. And the SD card had, something had happened where none of the footage or the oh, clips man. took. Bummer. And I was just so incredibly bummed out. And my friend that I was with noticed that. And the next day we were scheduled to leave, surprised me and said, we're driving back up there. So we literally, and it was an 18-hour drive from where we were. We were already planning on driving 18 hours home or something, or might have been 13 hours home, something like that. So we, I said, okay, let's do it. So we drove three hours back just to spend time with those squirrels and actually get the footage. Yeah. And then drove, and then drove back. So we really, that day, I think it was almost 20 hours straight of driving. Jeez. But so I can, I can relate to that, you know. Um, and that's the thing when. When you have that sort of passion for this craft, whether it's just capturing images in general, it's like nothing. It's like nothing really it matters. Phase you. Yeah, right. it's like you're so focused and driven on getting the shot. People think you're crazy. Oh my gosh, you drove six and a half hours for a picture of a sunset. Well, yeah, wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, and why not, man? It's like you know, I don't know. I just I love that it's that spirit. I have that adventurous spirit myself, and you know, I try not to think about the barriers. I just sort of go, right? You know, because you never know who you're going to meet. You never know the opportunities. Just having that sort of spirit and that mindset. You just, only live once, man. You got to yeah. take advantage of it. You Which, know? And I love just being on the car in, in the car. Anyway, yeah. I love driving, and especially sometimes by myself on long trips. It's very therapeutic as well, and it's kind of meditative in a lot of ways as well. But yep. so you live. So where's all the favorite places you've lived i know you've listened you've lived oh man like if you had to pick if you had to pick one place somebody said okay you've got to move you you can't stay here you got to go somewhere else yeah. and that's you're stuck there for life where would you pick uray colorado why is that it is known as the little switzerland oh of the united states it is absolutely gorgeous there the winters are beautiful and lovely i love the snow but i also love the warm so you get all four seasons up there um, they have natural hot springs. They have um, just that sort of transient atmosphere about it. You know, a lot of people come in, travel there, and they move on. You know, there's hiking, there's camping, there's there's the 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 more uppity, um, what's the word, yuppity uppity type people there as well. So you can get pretty much best of both worlds. You get the the nature, and you also get city life. I mean, it's it's absolutely beautiful. You have to check it out. It's the bottom left corner of Colorado. I need to go because I've not been to Colorado, and that's definitely some uh, on my list for sure. That's it's amazing. And what's nice about it too is it's not like Denver, it's not like um, uh, Aspen, where they're very big touristy areas. Now you'll get tourists there, but it's not big uh, tourist like Denver and Aspen are. It's very it's a nice quaint town, like very much like Rome, Georgia. Hmm. They have a main street down the middle of it, and then it's just wilderness. I love it. Wow. What about, have you done a lot of stuff out of the country? Um, I've done all the Caribbean islands. Yeah. Um, I've been in South America, but I've never gone over to the other side of the world. And that is on my very soon coming bucket list. I love Ireland, it. Iceland, and Italy. Okay. I've got a friend 
they've been to Italy a couple of times. I've been to London and a couple several cities in Germany, a couple of cities in Jeez. Holland. There's just so much beauty over there. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because when you talk to the people on the other side of the world, they're like, oh, my gosh, you guys have so much beauty in America. Yeah. And it's like, I guess you just take advantage of what you have readily available, you know? Yeah. Which, I mean, it's, I mean, there's so, there are so many beautiful places in this country. I mean, you oh, don't, yeah. I mean, but it is nice. I just, it's such, it's such a interesting experience to go somewhere where the culture is just so vastly different. Right. You know, you're not going to get a vastly different culture in, in this country to, to I mean, you'll, but you're all, you're all other Americans. Than, other than Louisiana. Well, that's true. <laughs> that is true. That is true. There are, there are some outliers, but generally you're all Americans. You all kind of have a similar core. Um, at the deepest level, you know, right. but it's going somewhere where you don't, you know, especially when you start to see other flags flying mm-hmm. from a different, you know, different nation. That is kind of such a simple thing, but it's some central, simple concept, but it's kind of off-putting in a way. It's like, not off-putting, but like, you're like, oh man, I'm not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> you know, right. Dora, it was a Toto, we're not in Kansas anymore, exactly. whatever the phrase is, you know. <laughs> so I kind of, that was the, and then of course I've been on several cruises, or a couple cruises rather, and you know, been to some, and those are always They're fun. the best, man. I That's love the cruises, The best bang man. for your buck. I've been on Absolutely. five Royal Caribbean cruises and I highly recommend those. I love it. And it's like time, me, has no meaning when you're on a cruise ship. It's weird. Right. It's almost like forget clocks even are a thing. Yeah. You know, but um so you've lived in all these different places. You're in the you're in army for eight years. You're you know been doing. How long have you been doing photography at this point? Uh, so 2007. So about 15, 16 years now. 16 years. Oh, yeah. well, that's about that's as long as I've been in video then. Yeah. So okay. Well, very cool. Um, what are some of the biggest things that you? I guess which, what I guess. Talk about some of the job types you do. Like, I know you do weddings. So, yeah, I classify myself as a lifestyle photographer, and that really opens up the, the door for any type of photography. Um, so if you were to go to my website, you would see that I offer engagements, weddings, families, portraits, headshots, corporate, sporting events, and special events. Um, those are the big things that I have a, de- a deep repertoire of. Um, my, my personal favorite, obviously, is landscape oh, yeah. because I love being out in nature. Um, but I love capturing everything. A lot of times photographers fall in this genre of a specific thing, or I'm sorry, they fall in a specific genre of photography and that's okay. If that's your niche and that's where you're making your money, great, go for it. For me, I don't want to be captivated by one genre. I want to apply the skills and knowledge and experience that I have across all of them. And I think that makes you a more rounded photographer. I think that makes you more marketable. I think that makes you more knowledgeable. And at the point in my life where I'm at right now, I'm more interested in training others and helping others navigate what I've already gone through 10 years ago. And so I'm not looking to make millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars off of photography. Um, I know that's not my reality. My reality is, come on, follow me. I'll teach you something. You want to shoot the Milky Way? Here, I'll I'll set you up so you can do that. You know? Yep. Well, and, and... You're preaching to the choir, man, because we're exactly the same way. I mean, what you just said, I tell people all the time, like, I'm, um, as far as, I love being an eclectic service provider, Mm -hmm. you know, and I have, I've worked, I've been blessed to work in healthcare and tech and supply chain and culinary and, um, you know, just pretty much any industry you can think of, music, weddings, um, gosh, I've, I've been blessed enough to work with people in the industries and um, different nonprofit organizations. And man, all the things I've I've learned right. being surrounded by all these different people and constantly in the just in just thrown in the middle of just about anything you can think of. You know, yep. when it comes to different content type. Yep. Um, but I, I love I love all of it, and I just because at the end of the day, what connects all of it is we're all people, and we're all there's all there's always a story worth telling. Yes. In all things, um, in in all walks of life, there's a story, and I just I'm always on the hunt for it. I see it. I'm just like this needs to be told, um, you know. And, and even it, it could be spectacular. It could also be very mundane. Like I find there's a lot of value in what some might qualify as mundane. You know, like you know this person, you know they get up, they put their shoes on, they they check the mail, they they eat their cereal. But what there's a lot more to that than just oh okay, but to you know, even mundane things have. What is the, what's the, there's a quote at the end of the office. I said, there's a there's a, there's a lot of value in. Um, oh gosh, it's going to kill me. Pam says it at the end of the show, The Office. 
I don't know. I just started watching that show not long ago. Probably. I have a lot of catching up to do. There's a lot of value in the little things or something There's like that. a lot that. of value in the mundane. Yeah, I can't remember the exact quote, but it's basically exactly what I believe. Like, I just, I think you don't have to be, you know, a celebrity to have an interesting story. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, one of my favorite movies is The the Life of Walter Mitty. I, oh, I yes. That's, I don't think that's the exact name, but that's the movie. It's the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Um, a lot of the beginning of that movie is him doing the mundane, balancing his checkbook, going to work, doing the same thing at work. And then out of nowhere, he's thrown into a situation where he has to make a decision that will change everything about his life. And at the end of the movie, because of the decisions he made to break out of that mold of the mundane, you know, he has this huge and interesting uh, uh, dating profile. And uh, it's just pretty cool. Like there's mundane and then there's, you know, exciting nonstop go, 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 go. I think there's strengths to both of those. In mundane, you have regularity, consistency, um, security, you know, and that speaks wonders and volumes to some people. Whereas excitement, adventure, travel, that speaks excitement and adventure to, to other people. Yeah, absolutely. I would say, and what I w- what are what are some of the biggest challenges you face as a photographer, just in general, like mainly dealing with people. Like, when, I mean, when you're out doing your nature stuff, I mean, there are definitely environmental challenges, but. Like, what would you say are some of the biggest challenges you have to overcome with working with clients in the photography world? Um, So there's not too many challenges for me at this point. I think some of the challenges that I've had along the way is, first and foremost, being able to know the client. Because once you know the client, you're going to know what their likes and dislikes are, and that's going to gauge how you shoot, the style you shoot, the compositions you get. That's one of the biggest things that I think is a challenge for, for most of us is, how am I going to capture this to provide a product to them that they're going to like? The second one would be <clears throat> being able to lead and direct them as you're shooting to get the photos that you want. Me as a person, I need to be able to clearly communicate to them specifically how I want them to move, what shot I want them that I'm trying to capture and how I want them to contort their body, so to speak. Um, and that's hard because a lot of these positions we put them in are not comfortable positions, but in a photo, they look perfect. Yeah. And that's the hardest part to get across to them. And that's actually, not, I'm glad you mentioned that, because that is one of the biggest difference, I don't think I mentioned, when directing people is completely different yeah. in the world of video versus the world of photography, because like, you guys have to be so more, so meticulous about hair, like the oh, hair placement, yes. and like, we're, I mean, it's such a meticulous detail of how they're exactly what angle their their face is, you know their head is turned to their torso and yep. you know that that's the part of photography i have i lack completely like occasionally i'll go out not as much as i used to but i used to go out and take pictures and purely as a hobby with no intention to do it professionally you know so to speak uh from, from a still image standpoint um but that's the one thing I'm terrible at. I just don't see that. And that's a, a huge yeah. testament to you and all the photographers out there that, that pay attention to that stuff because it's critical. See, before you do that, though, this is, this is actually making my point. I'm glad we're talking about this. <clears throat> the, first, the first challenge I mentioned was being able to clearly and concisely communicate to them. But before I can do that, I have to understand them. If I have a client that I know is going to be uncomfortable with me positioning them or posing them or they look too rigid and stiff as I'm posing them, I can see that, that will tell me, okay, they are not gonna be the type of client that I want to pose and position. Then I will tell them, hey, you know what? I don't like to pose and position. I want you to just be you and be natural. I'll say, go for a walk or look at your spouse. Smell your shoulder, believe it or not. Smell your shoulder is a awesome technique to use to get a very innocent and soft photo of a woman, huh. believe it or not. So those, these are things, so if, if I'm not, if I'm not capturing the true essence of my client before I shoot, then I'm gonna make those photos look so off, making them do something that's uncomfortable or something they're not comfortable doing. So those two go hand in hand. Read your client and then clearly communicate to them what you want them to do. Yeah, yeah, that's, and that's, I would say definitely, I just don't have an eye for for that, which is why one of the main reasons I just don't pursue photography. You know, I, but I also, I have to do the same thing in some ways because 
I mean, I'm having to direct people more. Um, there's movement involved, and especially when I'm directing like a commercial or something, it's more about, you know, what are you thinking? Try to give them an, a concept of what is your character processing so that way you can sort of um, bring that to the forefront in your performance. That's a completely different directing oh skill set and yeah. understanding. I think that would be so challenging. Like for me, like when I think about stuff like that, I get so stressed out because it's like <clears throat> you only have a certain amount of time to capture the shot that you want. With photography, I can freeze it. Stay there. Don't move. Don't move. Oh, wait, I got to get a couple more. But when you're doing videography, it's like you have to get that shot or else everything has to back up and you have to do it all over again. And then, like you said, you just have to be thinking four or five steps ahead of the game so that everything falls into place the way you want to capture it. Yeah. So I give the videographers a lot of props. It, to me, that would be stressful. And and that's exactly why another, you know, it's a completely different path because the things that you talk about stress me out, the things I'm talking about are stressing <laughs> you out. You know, it's like, and that's just why we work well together and we're not trying to compete against each other. It's a, you know, the both mediums are super valuable and critical. Right. So, um, Okay, so we talked about photography. I feel like we've talked, and I would love to talk more about places you've been. I know we're we're getting relatively close on time, and I still want to have some time to talk about your music, and because I know that's something that I've I learned a little bit more about you every time we get together. And I have picked up recently that you know you are a musician, you play different instruments, and you yeah. actually sing as well. You got some mm-hmm. vocal chops, apparently. <laughs> I've not heard this, but I, I yeah, <laughs> I, you claim it. I don't. I trust you though. Um, I always tell everybody, yeah, I have a brother that's in the San Francisco Opera. He's got the voice. <laughs> now I would love to hear that. I've not heard I've not heard somebody perform opera in person before. Oh my goodness. Yeah, my brother is amazing. Youngest brother. Although, Victor, if you're listening, mom did tell me I had the best voice out of all of us, so there. <laughs> oh fighting words. Yeah. Those are some fighting words in your family. <clears throat> um so yeah, the music. I, I we we grew up in a musical family. My dad played drums. My mom sang and played guitar. Um, they were both on the worship team at church all my life growing up. Uh, my mom actually taught me how to play guitar. I remember one summer, my sister and I did chores all summer long, got our allowance, and we bought a $30 guitar, acoustic guitar that we all learned and started playing on. So my mom got me started on the guitar, and then I taught myself from there. Um, she taught us piano as well. Um, I, I was a music major my uh, freshman year of college. Um, but then I figured this is not the industry I want to be in. This is not the route I want to take. So I changed the business, but I still got enough education. So I read music. I read different clef, bass clef, treble clef. Um, I can play a, a couple different instruments. I was, uh, uh, trumpet player, trombone, tuba, euphonium. Euphonium was my main instrument though. That's what I went into college doing and playing. I've never um, heard of a euphonium. The euphonium is pretty much like a, a, a small tuba. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a tenor voice. So if I were to sing and play the, that instrument, it's almost the same tonality. Hmm. Which I have a, a minuscule, microscopic background in music. I played saxophone in middle school band, and I've always lightly as a hobby tinkered with piano and mm-hmm. kind of play by ear. I don't really, I read treble clef, um, but I don't really read bass. I mean, I can look at it, and if I spend... 20 minutes I can play a little like you know but I don't I'm proficient in it but I've just always you know love love just being able to get watch a YouTube video and learn how to play something that people yeah. recognize that's playing by ear that's that's actually one of the best ways to do it to be honest with you that's a, that's a skill that most people that are professionally trained how to play say man I wish I could play by ear yeah because I can just watch a video or listen to a video and in my head I can play by ear but not I have to just a lot do a lot of practicing and, yeah. and you know, but I, I love music and actually it's very helpful in the video world because most successful or I shouldn't say about most, but many successful video editors, especially especially, you'd be surprised how many have a background in music in some capacity because anytime you're you're, I mean, it's basically a dance. Yeah, yeah. I'm you're editing, telling a story. I'm telling a story, and then there's there's music, and the the song the the cuts go along with the beat the rhythm oh my goodness, and understanding yeah. different the just basic music structure like literally basic basic music structure about bars and measures and tempo mm-hmm. because you can almost like i tell i pull up any song and i count one two three four and you do that for four measures and then there's a change yep. and you do it another four measures and there's a major change yeah and that's how i i use that information so when i'm cutting a three minute song to fit a 60 second 
video to where it feel it almost it, it, it feels exactly like that song was written to exactly fit that video it's not just a fade out at the end right you have to you don't have to know that information but it can very makes it a lot easier to retain the integrity of a song when you're cutting it you're composing that song um or I'm composing is and I'm, I'm not composing it, but um, what's the word I'm thinking about? It's completely blank me. It's like a, <laughs> composing a song is writing the music, but it's when you cut it to the, there's a word, fancy word for it, and I feel like a, I'm <laughs> oh, no. stupid, I can't think about it. But when you're cutting that song to fit your video, it's so helpful to understand how music works and how it's all built. And frankly, just about, I'd say what, 95% of all music has the same basic structure that at least in the mainstream, you yeah, know, especially mainstream stuff, it's all one, four, five chords, one, yeah. three, six, one, two, six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the same. They call them the money making chords because mm-hmm. pretty much every song has those chords in it and the structure of those chords. There is so much science behind music, it's unbelievable. And I love it. Yeah, I mean, and I've got a friend who's who majorly knows, like, has went to college for music and everything, just much like yourself, and several people in my life that are very proficient musicians and. You know, they, it's a, it's always astounding to me how much detail is involved, and then, especially when you get into the classical. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness, it's like whoa, yep. that, that'll hurt your brain. That's why I didn't last long as a music major. Yeah, I was like, this is too smart for me. Yeah, it's like just keep it fun, keep it you yeah. know, keep it light and entertain people. I think it's when you're more interested in entertaining than you are science or the the theory, music yeah, theory. The theory behind it. Yeah, because I think those are two different things. It's like film. It's like if you want to create entertaining content versus artful content, like super, super abstract artistic stuff. It's not a lot of people like if you go to some film festivals, there's some stuff in there that just are crazy abstract and just or what did I just watch? <laughs> it's like what did I just look at? This is and then you compare that to like, you know, a Marvel movie or something you see like in the, the your home theater or not home theater but just your yeah, movie any theater, theater, any theater is completely different. I think it's kind of like that. It's like you want to entertain people and you like the entertainment industry and you're just doing that through the filmmaking. Right. You know, there's those types of people and the people that just really are nerd, nerd out about it. Yeah. And they don't care what anybody says. They're going to make whatever crazy art they want to make. And, exactly. you know, they're not in it. They're clearly not in it for the money. You know, there's nothing wrong with that because to them, it's, you know, it's, there's value in creating this thing that's in their heart and in their soul that they just need to get out of. So, yeah. Um, so we're getting a little, definitely getting close to time. So what would you compare? How would you compare? Are there, are there any comparisons to photography? And is there like uh, in your mind, in your creative mind, your creative eye, creative ear, what are some overlap, if any, in the photography world and in the music world? That's a great question. Um, because the do the two do go hand in hand very well. I mean, like you said, telling stories. Um, I think the composition, right? You have composition in photography. You want to tell a story through a photo. Well, when you're composing a song, you want to tell a story through the music, through the chords, through the words. So there's a lot that goes into composition in order to convey emotion, convey a story, um, to evoke a, a, a thought. Uh, so I think composition goes hand in hand. There's a lot of overlap there. And then obviously the, the editing or the technicalities behind it, right? So you edit photos while you edit your music as well. Um, a lot of that I learned by just listening to my son who does a lot of recording. Then you have mixing and then mastering of that. And so when you have the raw recording and then you listen to it again after the mixing and mastering, it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that there was so much after the recording that goes into it. Just like if you look at a picture that's raw out of camera, and then you look at it after I spend about 45 minutes editing it, it's like, holy mackerel, I didn't know you could do that to a photo. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and then I know like with, with music, really all of this, and I think the, the is, is emotion, is it the, the common denominator between video, audio, music, photography. We just have a passion for feeling something right. from hearing or seeing something oh yeah you know music actually moves me there are some chords and chord structures that if you played right now would bring tears to my eyes i don't know what it is i don't know if i'm just in tune on a different wavelength but there are chords that literally will make me cry yeah and it's the and that's the thing is that's why it's so important song choice you know if i'm putting together a video for a nonprofit or an uh, or a sports video it's like that is Song choice is just oh, yeah. so important. I mean, a lot. It can of, kill a mood, or it can make it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you find it right away. Sometimes you spend forty-five minutes just trying to find the right one. 
So there's a major overlap for the video world right there between Absol music and... Oh, and yes. Video. And there's a huge, huge, huge overlap for sure. Um, like at face value because i mean it's like i am finding i am working with music all the time you know and i don't and occasionally especially when i work with artists like musicians you know i'm having to you know directly work with with musicians and um so i have learned quite a good amount about how like the music produ music production works i'm friends with different people and like record labels and stuff like that and so I, there is definitely a lot of overlap more um um i guess you'd say front and center overlap for the music and video industries but right. um which i love and I, I love music i'm always listening to music it's such a critical part of my identity yep like you come into my house there's music playing i leave it playing so when i come home it's greeting me at the door because i'm really big into creating an environment that's conducive for creating that yeah. you know it kills me when when you go into like someone's home and it's like and it doesn't or i guess it, it kills me when someone comes into my home and there's no clear emotion that is being portrayed being portrayed yeah like it just it to me that's so critical of a home uh, of of a to, to of your home my home at least it's just yeah. to have that the lighting the sound the music the, what volume different rooms are because i have a speaker in every room and i have different room volumes rooms to different volumes and different you know depending on who's coming over for what event it is whether it's a get together or family get together or friends <laughs> i have different playlists and different um lighting uh, scene set for my smart lights and sometimes I'll have different sometimes I'll have music videos playing on the screen sometimes I'll have the weather channel sometimes I'll have and I do all this just I don't it's just something I do it's not something I really think of. I mean I do think about it but my whole life I've just been I've got to set the mood set the mood set the mood yeah you know Bill Gates did that in his house in Seattle um Whenever you were a guest at his house and you're coming over, they'll have you fill out a, an, an informational card. What's your favorite music? What's your favorite color? What temperature do you set your house at? And the reason is because when they when you come to Bill Gates' house, they give you this little object that you put in your pocket. And when you walk through his doors, it notices that object. It'll dim the lights. It'll set them to that color that you liked. It'll set the room temperature. It'll start playing music. And it's all to set that mood. Well, when I have Bill Gates money, I'll probably do the same thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when, I have, a, when you have enough money to, to, to literally build a tunnel through a mountain to get into your garage, that's what he did. Yeah, well, that's, that's true. That's true. And my house is nowhere near big enough to where you could have multiple people in multiple moods. It's, you know, you'd have pretty much one, <laughs> one you're one and done. Here it much. is. <laughs> yeah. You walk in, you got the bathroom, you got the, the main area and the bedroom. So, yeah, uh, at least for now. But, uh, well, very cool, man. So we got about 10 minutes left. Anything else you want to add before we get into our recommendations? Um, no, not really. Because, I mean, I just, and it's, and I always tell people this is, there's so much to cover. You know, I try to try to I try to cover as many facets as one you know in one's life as possible. It, yeah, but. it would be we could sit here and talk for hours. Oh yeah, especially if we're talking about my past and my history, and I'm sure you could do the same. You know, Absolutely. I got I got what about 12 years on you, so my story would be a little bit longer. And, but yeah, we could talk forever. Absolutely. So, and I, I always I try to steer the conversation where we cover as much as possible. But my point is, if you ever want to come back on, tell us to everybody. You're always welcome. Yeah, man. Back on if something happens or you're like, oh man, I wish we had talked about that. Let me know. We'll get you back on the books. And because um, I like to think of this, everyone who comes on the podcast is one big family. Yeah. You know, we're not just oh, I've I've done Frank's interview. Now, check Frank's done. It's like welcome to the podcast family. Welcome to the off the cuff family. Anytime you want to come on, I'd love to have, like if I have, I've got another, um, one of my, another photographer uh, in my network, I'm meeting with them. She does family and, um, like she does weddings, but mostly family and, and, um, um, pregnancy, Mater uh, maternity, maternity, maternity and family and newborn pictures. And that's where what she specializes in. So I'm excited to talk with her mm -hmm. and maybe one day, you know, we get two or three photographers in the same room. And or maybe meet virtually or something and have like another episode where I bring back all the photographers I've talked to. Yeah, man, you know, awesome. I've got some big plans and stuff like that. But um, but for now, before we, you know, let's just kind of close the show with recommendations of something we like to do for the new listeners. Perhaps we we try to do this every time where we just give a recommendation for something that can be can be is completely random. It can be completely related or unrelated to the conversation. It could be tangible. It could be intangible. Um, typically just something that we've come across or, you know, we've used in our daily life, perhaps, that could be helpful 
for other people and you know you could just maybe go online buy it or go outside and do it you yeah. know what's what's your recommendation for us today frank well my recommendation and because i was actually talking to another photographer about this today uh she's looking to switch from nikon to canon so she has to buy all new lenses and she was about to drop ten thousand dollars today um, and i talked her out of a lens that she was gonna buy that would save her twenty seven hundred dollars i said look unless you're doing tons of portrait photography you don't need that 24 to 70. look at this lens and this is my recommendation the canon rf 24 to 240. it's an f.4.0 to 6.3 it's a silver ring believe it or not uh -huh. but it's only 899 dollars wow and the optics on it are killer it's super tack sharp and I use it for portrait stuff. I use it for night stuff. I've shot many cityscapes with it, portraits with it. I've shot Milky Way with it. So it does everything for a third of the cost of glass that you would pay almost $3,000 for. So it's a killer lens. Um, yep. And because it's silver ring, I think it gets a bad rap. Oh, it's not an L series. It doesn't have the red ring. But I'll tell you what, the glass is amazing. And I'll buy it over and over again because I'm saving $2,700. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's well worth the 900 bucks. And I think actually you can get it for 800 bucks now. I think it's on sale. <laughs> oh, there you go. I love it. And I've got actually, so most of the lenses I use are they're, they they compete price pretty well with price wise with like Canon because uh, I go with Sigma lenses, yeah. but they are the only downside with those is they're heavier. Yeah. They're just weightier. Um, but I know for all of our listeners who are have no idea what photography is, they're just hearing la da 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, yes, it's a great value, great value lens. It does some really great, it's very flexible, has a great range on it, but it's just kind of in a basically a compressed one, one kind of almost like a smaller solo package that just yeah, at a great a, price it's, it's, it's just a swiss kind of, army knife yes swiss army one knife. size fits all but it, but there are some listeners i do know that are photographers um so if you are that's definitely a great recommendation definitely a great recommendation and like i always do i always put links to all of our recommendations in the, the show notes before we get to my recommendation what what how could people get to you how could they um oh. contact you what about website social media yeah so social media is at cardamone photography spell um, that c-a-r-d-a-m-o-n-e photography uh and my website is www.cardamonephotography.com or you can find me on tiktok at at rook eight c r o o k e the number eight c okay well i will and again i'll put that i'll put those leaks in there as well uh, so people can find that um we have a oh like a little biplane or is that a biplane or that's an acrobatic plane there uh, acrobatic plane yeah there you go we are fairly close to the local airport yep it's um i live five minutes from there no really yep. it's, it's like it's not like a major airport it's like a regional little yeah a little private airport but um that's a lady occasionally you, you never know what you're going to see here in Rome, Georgia. Oh, no. <laughs> we had uh, the president come by. That's true. We did. We had a, <laughs> a Trump rally here. That was crazy. Yeah. But uh, so, I, so my recommendation um, is, so I got a car that has CarPlay in it, which is the Apple's way of, if they have Android and um, Android auto and apple carplay most people know what these things are but yeah. basically it's a way your phone connects to your car and it's kind of an extension of your phone you know all your text messages and your maps and everything it's just an extension yep um and i got a car that um doesn't have the does not have wireless carplay in the past i've had wireless carplay and loved it and i was like well surely there's a way in 2023 2022 <laughs> there's got to be a way to make this possible so i went online did some research and i found this it's a basically a dongle i hate the word dongle but it's unfortunately <laughs> a part of culture so it's effectively it's a little um device just plugs into your usb port in your car and it tur instantly turns your car um any any car with car wired carplay into um, the ability to have wireless CarPlay, and I freaking loved it, and it was so easy. It was a hundred bucks, so you know it's a little steep for kind of what you're thinking was like, you know. But but it is absolutely worth it because you have to. I had to. It was just such a. I can't tell you how many times I forgot about it, and I had the phone in my pocket and the cord in my pocket, and I got out of my car and it came out of my pocket flying and stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. and I'm like, just to avoid that, and the car flying you know in the phone flying out you know in the car whatever it is a really great product and i'll put a link to that as well i really recommend it um i can't remember the brand but i'll just i'll link the amazon link where i i bought it from and it's been yeah. awesome the yeah. only the only thing to be aware of with it is sometimes you make if you make outgoing calls 
stutters and for some reason they can't hear you and you can't hear them incoming calls works fine but if you unplug it and plug it back in for some reason it does work that's the only negative i've found with it but other than that it is just absolutely incredible absolutely yeah. incredible little piece of technology so i'm going to look into that because i have that in my truck and i have to be tethered to my phone mm -hmm. and i hate wires yeah so i'm going to definitely look into that yeah so well very good man well again any any closing thoughts whatsoever just be grateful for what you got you never know when you're going to lose it uh, isn't not isn't that the truth my friend isn't yep. not that the truth so well very good frank you as always which only the, the few weeks we've known each other but it's always a pleasure absolutely man and yeah, thanks again for coming on anytime thank you